Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Well, we are how many days away from Christmas? Today's the 19th. I don't do math. Is that six days? That is not far. So the season is on us, and as we've been going through Advent for the past several weeks, for the past month, um, I've, I've really been grateful to engage with the Lord with you. And so we have a few things I want to tell you up front as we jump into our message and kind of talk about the next few weeks. First of all, I know, it, I know if you're doing church at home, this isn't a problem for you, but if you're in the room, the room has a, uh, a smell. They've redone the floors this week, and so no worries to you, it is not toxic. It brings back memories. I used to be a coach before, before going to ministry as a middle school basketball coach, and they did the same thing every winter. They redid our floors, and we'd have the kids running up and down the court. So if they didn't die, you're gonna be fine. I was worried when we light the candles that like, you know, the fumes would go up, but we're okay, we're still here. So um, <clears throat> please excuse that. Another thing is, uh, so for our Christmas tree, this is the last day we're gonna have our tree up, and if you have any uh, socks that you haven't brought, um, we've been collecting socks all month for uh, the homeless community, as the winter comes and as the weather gets colder, I know it's going to get warm again. It's the number one most requested items are clean, new, unused socks and hats and mittens. So uh, this will be the last Sunday we're collecting them. Uh, if you do have some that you didn't bring today, just reach out to me and I can get those from you. And we're going to get them out through Walking by Faith and, and bless Pamela and that community with it. So um, and then our Advent wreath that we've, we've talked each week about, uh, we've kind of had a focus each week um, on the Lord as we've done Advent. So this week, our focus is on love and the love of Christ. So um, I just want to thank our students for doing that. I, I really, I asked TJ to come and to help our students lead that for us. I've been so encouraged by our student ministry uh, as we've talked about Growing as a church and what's next, man, our, children, our student ministry is blowing up. I mean, we have so many new kids that are coming each week, and so I've just been really grateful as a parent of a middle schooler for the ministry that they're doing. So let me pray, and we're going to jump in this morning and thank the Lord for today. Dear Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for our students and uh, all those people who are serving and leading uh, our next generation. Lord, we thank you that kids are coming to know you. Lord, that they're coming to hear the truth about what you did for them on the cross, and we just thank you for that, Lord. I just ask this morning as we turn our hearts towards you, uh, as we sing these Christmas songs, uh, these Christmas carols, just, uh, Lord, would it be more than just tradition, more than just a song that we remember as a kid, but would it be true about um, what you did by sending your son? Uh, so I just ask that you speak through me right now, Lord, and be with us during this time. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So I, I don't know, so my family is out today. They went up to Dallas to see extended family and they're coming back today, so I'm riding solo today. But we've got, you know, as Christmas has progressed, our tree, underneath our tree, looks a lot like this. Like we have presents and presents, more presents under our tree. And so our kids are all at the age where they wanna know what's in the gift. And so um, Barrett, particularly, he's our first grader. He likes to inspect the packages, to feel them, to turn them over. And believe it or not, some of the, wrapping is tearing on the packages. So he's actually been able to peek in, which it's not his fault that it was wrapped so poorly that it couldn't handle him looking at it every day. So he's trying to peek in. And so when I was a kid, 
I had, um, <clears throat> I had a similar experience. So, you know, the, tree, the presents are on the tree and there was one with my name on it. And as I started looking, there was a box under a tree. And I was probably, I was in elementary school, you know, fourth or fifth grade. And so there was a package there that was under the tree with my name on it. And the wrapping of it, same sort of thing. It didn't tear, but there was a gap and I could see into the box. And so I looked into the box and I shook the box. And when you shook, when you shook the box, it rattled it made all this noise, not like a, an artificial noise, but there was something in it. I was really intrigued by that. And so me and a buddy had a friend that came over and we looked at this box. My parents completely, my dad was like, yeah, it's fine. You can look at it all you want. You can look at this box. So we peeked through the package and under the package, it said the words, I-N-G-L-E, Jack Chain. I-N-G-L-E, Jack Chain. We thought, man, what is a jingle Jack Chain? It's a jingle Jack Chain. So, so before the days of the internet, uh, but, but so we started calling around. So I call Walmart, we call all the local places, we're like, hey, we're looking for, do you have any more of a jingle Jack Chain? And they're like, um, I'm not sure, what is it? I'm like, well, it, I think it's a, a toy, it's something. And so they're like, well, let me send you back to the toy department. We called all these places. We could not figure out what it was. But man, it routed. I was so intrigued. And so Christmas morning, I wanted to open that gift first. And it was this, this jingle jack chain. I wanted to see what was in that gift. Well, it wasn't jingle jack chain. It was a single jack chain, which was a box. My dad owned a hardware store. And it was a box that he had left over that he put in. And it had a hat, like a beanie, and it had shotgun shells in it. And that was it. And it was so, it was, it was awful because I, I was so excited and it was just like this little beanie hat and these, and these uh, shotgun shells and so I'd shake it around. And we were going on a hunting trip and I kind of knew that, but uh, that, was, that was not a surprise. And so I think about that and I've loved watching my own kids open these gifts and look at these gifts. And I, I'll tell you that as a parent, Christmas is better as a parent than as a kid. And if you're in between parents and kids, that's a tough time, but man, it's so fun as a parent. It's so fun to see your kid engage with that. And so I think back about my own childhood and my dad and my mom laughing at me for trying to call and figure out what a jingle jack chain was, but it's super fun. And so we hear this story in scripture that uh, Jameson, thank you, Jameson, for reading this morning about these wise men, these magi that, that, that go and bring this, these gifts to uh, Jesus and then the birth of this savior and they bring these gifts to him. So I'm gonna read through this again. I want us to just look and to think about uh, what it means, like as we, this morning, as we finish out our tree by putting gifts for the homeless community under our tree, as you begin to wrap gifts and put them under your own tree, as we think back about jingle jack chains uh, in our own childhood and our own kids, to think about like, what is a gift? And as we turn our hearts towards love this morning and the love of Christ, why do we give, give gifts? Why do we sing this song, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son? And how is gift giving motivated by love? Matthew chapter two says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star and it, when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people and chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 
when Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasure and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the story of these magi and these wise men bringing this gift is something that's very common to us during this time. You likely have a nativity set set up in your home, or if you were part of Rad last week, that the kids at Rad they did like kind of their own nativity set. And we have this image of this manger and of this stable of this baby being born, of Mary riding on a donkey, of the shepherd being there with the sheep, and of these three wise men, right, bringing these gifts to Jesus. And, and, and out of everything, that's actually a misconception. Like the nativity scene that we view, there's actually some things that are wrong with that. So first of all, that, that the Magi didn't bring these gifts at the moment of the birth of Christ. It says right here in scripture, it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, then Herod called these magi and asked him where it was. This is, this is later. This isn't the moment of him lying in this manger, even though that's the way we paint the scene. Um, this is likely weeks, if not months afterwards. Um, and so it didn't happen at the manger. Verse 10 says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child was with his mother, Mary. So it even says it's not at the manger, on coming to the house. So She's delivered this baby. She stayed in Bethlehem. She's at this home. And the word here, when it says they saw this child with his mother, Mary, the word child is like what we would call baby. So it's not a newborn. So a newborn, like is when someone has a baby, they have a newborn. And then after you know, three or six months, it becomes, not, not that we define it, but it becomes a baby, we call it. And so the language here is different than this newborn baby. And so that they come and then he's with Mary. It doesn't tell us that Joseph is here in this moment. It says the baby is with Mary and they come and they bring these gifts. And so while we celebrate all these traditions, while we decorate a tree and put lights on our house and we, we, we go and sit on the lap of Santa and write him a note, out of all of these traditions that we have, out of decorating, out of Christmas cookies, whatever it is, the tradition that you have, watching Christmas movies, if you watch Home Alone, which is the best Christmas movie. Don't tell me it's Die Hard. Don't tell me it's Die Hard because I've watched Die Hard and it's rated R. You can't have a rated R be the best Christmas movie. Anyways, out of all the things, hanging stockings up, the thing that we do that's probably the most biblical representation is the giving of gifts, right? Out of all this stuff that we do, giving of gifts is the thing that probably, the tradition that we have that best represents the heart of Christmas and the birth of Christ. Exchanging gifts is a very biblical idea. And so as we look at this and we look at these magi and we look back at the month and, and all the things we've talked about, the story of the, the angel coming to Mary and Joseph, all of these Old Testament prophecies being fulfilled, being born of a virgin, these shepherds in a field they, they, with this host of angels singing these songs that we sing, like the I thought about this week, why? Like, what's the point? Like, why do we do this every year? Why do we remember this time? Why do we put up nativity scenes? Why do we decorate our homes? 
Why do we give gifts? Like, why do we do this? What's the point? Here's, here's what I think is really important. As we kind of wrap up Advent and we look towards the end, it's the truth is that generosity and giving matter to God. Generosity and giving matter to the Lord. And beyond just mattering to God, God modeled it for us through this image. These wise men, these magi, bringing these gifts to this baby. It's this model of the generosity and the giving heart of the Lord. And so we look at the story of wise men. So I want you to, look, as we look, like, it's not just about the wise men here in the story, the scripture we read, but it's also about King Herod. And scripture puts these two people, these two groups of people, these wise men and this king kind of juxtaposed next to one another in this interaction together. And so there, there's a few similarities and there's a lot of differences between them. So just if you look at King Herod and you look at these wise men, the, the similarities are, are, first of all, they're, they're people of power and stature. These aren't the lowly shepherds in the field that are of the lowest caste of society that in a lot of ways people think don't matter, that these are both people of importance. These wise men are respected enough to have a king call them in and to, for the king, Herod, to meet with them. So they're both important people. Uh, they both believed the birth of the Messiah. There's no, there's no doubt that Herod believed that this Christ was born, that this, this Messiah was born. Verse four says, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. You see, they, he believed. The idea of the birth of Christ being some secret thing not known isn't true. Is that people knew, people believed what Old Testament prophecy had said. People saw the star in the sky. People believed what was happening. Um, they both believed that he was going to be a king, that he fulfilled these Old Testament prophecies. They wanted to go and see this newborn king. They believed that this was royalty. And then they both wanted to know the truth. King Herod and the Magi both wanted to know, was this true? What they had heard, what had been said, what had been prophesied about, they, they wanted to know if it was true. So those are similarities. But then you look at their differences. You look at their differences. While they both wanted truth, these wise men wanted to understand and wanted to know, was this true? Was this truly the Messiah? Whereas King Herod wanted control. When they looked at this newborn king and this promise of this king to be born and this savior to be given, the magi and the wise men wanted to know, was this the one that was promised? Herod wanted control. Herod's thought was, does this threaten my power? Is this someone that, that is going to take away from me? And Herod wanted control. The, Herod was motivated to kill Christ. As we, the scripture doesn't say here, but further along, it says, when they had gone on, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother to escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search and kill the child. Is that that was his motivation to kill this baby. Whereas the Magi, their motivation was to honor, to love this Lord. And so we see these two people kind of put next to one another. And verse 8 says, And he sent, sent them Bethlehem, said, Go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. That was not the heart of Herod, it was the heart of the wise men. And so as we look and we think about these gifts that are given, I don't know, like every one of us right now has a present somewhere likely under a tree with your name on it, a gift that is given for you. 
that someone bought, someone thought about you, someone considered you, and in a few days, we're gonna open these presents. And I don't know, I, I have a friend uh, that hates opening gifts. I have a friend that, that does not like to open gifts in front of one. Now, I'm not gonna throw them under the bus because Maddie's not here this morning to defend herself. I have a friend who hates opening gifts. They don't wanna receive this gift that they've given. And so we, we think about this idea of the, the gift that we receive and these gifts that Jesus received. And so they give him three things, and we know this from story. They give him what three things? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, just like Jameson read. And this is what's beautiful about this story. And it is amazing, is that gold represents royalty. Is that gold was given for people who were royalty and kings. So the, the gold that was given to Christ, this baby, this newborn infant, the gold represented royalty. Frankincense is an incense. It's an incense that's burned. And so in biblical times, what they would do is they would burn incense to the gods. That is, they, as they worshiped, as they came, as they sacrificed things to the Lord, incense was burned. And so this frankincense that was given to Jesus represented divinity. Gold represents royalty, frankincense, and this incense represents divinity, and the last was myrrh. Do you know what myrrh is? Myrrh is an, an embalming fluid. It, it's what they use to embalm a body. Uh, this isn't the last time that Jesus was given um, myrrh. In John 19, after Jesus crucified on the cross, and Joseph of Arimathea go and they take his body it says this, uh, he and Nicodemus prepare his body for burial and for the tomb. It says he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night, John 3, 16, which we sang this morning. And Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds, and they prepare the body of Christ. So here is this other wise man that gives Jesus this gift of myrrh, which represents death. So even at the birth of Christ, his death on the cross was what was prepared for Royalty, he was this king. Incense of divinity, that he was a god. And myrrh, which represents death. So even at his birth, these gifts that are given meant something. That Jesus going to the cross for the forgiveness of our sins was the plan from the beginning. And I love the details in scripture, how perfect, how appropriate, and how on point that it all is. And these gifts were not given just to Jesus. They, they were given to Jesus, right, as a baby uh, through Mary, right? You think about, like, if you give myrrh to this newborn baby, Jesus, as a, as a baby, didn't save this myrrh for his death or use his incense. They were used for the sake of Christ. And so I want us to talk a moment about giving. What does it mean for us to give? Like, as we look at this story and as we consider giving gifts at Christmas and receiving gifts at Christmas. Why does giving matter? If we're trying to answer this question, why? Let's look, let's look at these wise men. And so we, even today, as we give to the Lord, as we give to God, we practice these same things as the wise men did. So we believe that we should give generously. So if you call yourself a Christ follower, is that as we worship and love the Lord, we should give to God. You should generously give to the Lord. They do not, they, these wise men do, didn't do it out of obligation. They weren't paying a door, you know, a door fee to get in. I went and saw a show recently. You pay to get in. That wasn't what was required. They gave gifts out of love and out of, out of generosity. It wasn't out of obligation. 
Their giving, as TJ prayed this morning, was, was accompanied with worship. It says that they fell on their face and they worshiped. Verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That your giving accompanies your worship. A part of the way we worship the Lord is by giving to him. And their gift wasn't to Mary and Joseph, it was to the Lord. It says that they gave these gifts to the baby. This wasn't a baby shower, right? They weren't going to give gifts to Mary and Joseph, like a blanket or a stroller or whatever you give at a baby shower. They were gifts to the Lord. And the same thing, that's the same thing we do. When we give to God, we're giving to the Lord. So as a sidebar, when you give at the vessel, we talk about giving here. And if you are not part of the vessel, if this isn't your church, you're off the hook. And not that you're on the hook if you're not, but this isn't for you. And here's, here's we, we practice and exercise the same thing. Like here at the vessel, we don't preach the tithe or we don't preach the tithe. And not to say that a tithe isn't right, the 10%, but we preach generosity. And we, we, we say that you're to give out of your generosity and love for the Lord. And we practice cheerful giving. Second Corinthians chapter nine says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? And so like for Shay and I, we, we practice the tithe in our life as a good rule of thumb. We give 10%. And then anything we give beyond that, but our, our first 10% goes to the vessel, the church that we call home. And here at the vessel, we do the same thing. So every, everything that's given here at the church, 10% off the top goes out towards missions, towards outreach things outside of the vessel. So we give 10%, but, but that's not what we're asking you to exercise. We're actually asking you to give cheerfully and generously to the Lord, just like these wise men did. And again, you're giving to the Lord through the church, just like these wise men came and they gave these gifts to Jesus through Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph stewarded these gifts that were given to Jesus for the sake of Christ, which is the same thing like we do and your elders do. And so... Like we sit down and our elders, the way we have giving set up here at the vessels, we don't see who gives what. It, it doesn't, like in our system, we can't see whether you tithe, whether you don't tithe, whether you give, whether you don't give, what you give, what amount. We don't see any of that. So we have it set up like that. And our heart is we sit down as the elders and we prayerfully discern how we're supposed to steward this for the sake of the kingdom. And if you can't trust your elders to do that, then you shouldn't be a part of the vessel. That's not an, uh, an indictment on them. It's just saying like that's, that's what our heart is. And so as we, as we look at all this stuff that's happened during Advent, as we look at this story and this, this manger scene and these magi and these shepherds, it, it's full circle as to why. Why do we do this? Why do we celebrate every year? And the truth is, is that giving to the Lord is motivated by love. And giving from the Lord is motivated by love. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's right, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Is that that is the gospel. And that is what Christmas is about. It is about the gospel. It's about the generosity of the Lord. So two things, I wanna talk a little bit about giving. If, if we think about love being the motivating factor of giving, the first is this, is that love is a gift that is received. Love is a gift that is received. And, and 
and I, you know, I talked about, I talked about Maddie and like, you can try to give someone a gift, but a gift must be received. And a lot of you, if you're a kid in the room, cash, I guarantee you have a present under the tree with your name on it, right? And that present is yours. It's for you. It has your name on it. It's been bought, it's been paid for, and it was bought with love because your parents loved you, right? And when they purchase whatever it is, they know what you like, they know what you're interested in, and they bought that for you. The bill has been paid, and trust me, we got kids, and uh, I asked Shay the other day, I was like, how's our bank account looking? She was like, well, you know, we're, we're doing okay, right? But you've got this gift. But if, if Cash Turner never opens that present, if he never receives that gift, if it stays under the tree, if Christmas never comes, if that gift is put in away, he never receives the gift that's already been paid for and already been bought for him. And that is the gospel. That is the gospel is that love is a gift that must be received for every one of us. We've had this moment in life, and we've considered this moment of life of what the Lord is giving to us, he is giving love. But it's our job and it's our duty to be able to receive that gift, to accept that gift. And here's the problem. Here's the problem is that somehow the love of God that's given through Christ has become offensive, controlling, prohibitive, and negative to the world. That the gospel of God giving life and giving love through Jesus has somehow become this oppressive message for people, this oppressive thing. And so how have we allowed the enemy to twist the truth of the gospel to be this prohibitive, negative, oppressive thing. And so when we ask you to share the gospel, we encourage you to share the gospel. What we're saying and asking you to do is to share the love of Christ with others, to love the people around you. Again, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Right, now think about someone that you've bought a gift for. Something, something that you thought about someone that you purchased and you gave to them. You did it because you care about them. You did it because you love them, but they've got to receive that gift. It cannot be forced upon them, right? You think about Christmas morning, kids running downstairs and ready to open their gift and to receive the gift that they're given. And that's what it's like for us to receive Christ. Is to consider that God so loved you that he gave his son for you. And the truth is, is the gospel is a gift of love. God loves you, period. Without qualification, without you changing anything in your life, God loves you. He loves you. No matter what, for God so loved you that he gave Christ. And not just in an emotional way, it's not just an emotional feeling of love that God has. It's a love that has action, that's accompanied with action. So love is a gift that is to be received by us. But not only is love a gift to be received, but the second thing is love is also a gift that is to be given. Love is a gift that's to be given. And if you call, there's a qualification here. There's a qualification here. This is if you are a Christ follower, if you call yourself a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you have been born again, if you have found life in Christ, this qualifies you is that your call as a Christ follower is to give the gift of love to others. And if you're not, if you're not a Christian, I'm not saying that you don't have the capacity to love or that you don't love, but I am saying that it's different, that it's different. The love of God is different. And so this is, as Christ followers, this is literally what we do as Christians. 
It's what Jesus tells us to do. It's the reason that you still exist is to love others for the sake of the gospel. And that's again and again in scripture, we're told to love, to love, to love, to love one another, to love our neighbor, to love our enemy, to love those around us. And as Christ followers, we're to give that love away. It doesn't need to be earned. Some, somebody doesn't need to work for it. It's we are to generously and cheerfully give love away to people. And that is a powerful truth that you may not have much in this world, but you have the capacity and the ability to love through Christ. It is the most powerful thing that you can give someone is the gift of love, to love them as they are without qualification, without condition, unconditionally to love people as they are. This, if, if you've been on Facebook recently, we're, we're running these little advertisements on Facebook. They're trying to invite people to Christmas and to tell people about the vessel. And so Jessica and I recorded one at the Texas Baptist Children's Home um, for Christmas, for our Christmas Eve service. And so we, we posted it and it's just basically, hey, Merry Christmas, Round Rock, come, you know, join us for Christmas Eve. Here's where it's gonna be. We're trying to, you know, encourage people to come and be involved with that. And so it's so funny to watch people interact with these little ads on Facebook. And so there's this, this woman gets on there, I mean, right after we posted it, and she, she puts a comment on there, someone who I don't know, and she says something about, and she's clearly a Christian, and so she gets on there, she says, why don't churches, why don't churches teach the truth anymore, the truth about the gospel, the truth about Christ? Instead, we worship uh, trees that is obviously against the Lord and it's sin. And, you know, she goes into this little, this little thing. And so I thought, you know, I could delete it. I could whatever. So instead I sent her a message. I said, hey, so-and-so, like, thank you so much for, and I was just trying to be as kind, as loving as possible. I said, thank you so much for commenting. Um, I understand your hesitation about churches not teaching from scripture. But I want you to know here at the vessel, we teach directly from the word of God. We teach directly from scripture and we teach the truth about Jesus. And in fact, this Sunday, we're teaching about the love of Christ in John three sixteen. for God so loved that he gave. And that's why Jesus came is because of the way God loves us. And so I said, I'd love for you to come and to see for yourself. Uh, and I want to invite you to come and see for yourself that we teach from scripture. And I said, and, and you know, concerning the tree, we certainly don't worship, you know, a pagan idol or symbol, but our heart is to reach people for the gospel. And as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, that we are to be all things, that we're to be all things to all people so that by all means we may win some for the gospel. So our heart is for those who are far from Jesus, just to, to love them, to, to bring them in, to share the truth about scripture, as you said with them. I give it this long thing. So we'd love for you to come. And so thankful for you as a sister in Christ. Hope to see you soon. She sends me a message back. Thanks, but no thanks. Like, boom. No period. She didn't even spell out thanks. T-H-X, but no thanks. I was like, okay. And, and, you know, like, it doesn't bother me. I'm not offended by it. That's okay. But I thought, man, like, like, why? Like, we as Christ followers are called to love one another. And there's so much that's out there that's to divide us, so much things for us to hate one another over. And no, I'm not saying that she hates me or hates us, but I, I did joke with Shay. I was like, you know, haters gonna hate, but like that's the truth. But to say that, I mean, we can laugh about that, but to say that about 
another Christ follower. Man, that's sad. And we, we think about this. And 1 John chapter 4 says this. It says, dear friends or beloved, uh, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear beloved, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is what we as Christ followers are called to do is to love one another, to love the people around us. The scripture in verse seven literally says it starts with beloved. The word is agabetos uh, uh, and it means beloved. That's how it's identified. It's your identity as one who is loved by God. You are loved. Period. It's it's what you what you identify by. Uh, the next word it says here it says let us love one another. This is a command. This is a command that literally means to love another dearly. It's a command to love. The same word that's used in Matthew chapter two when it says love your neighbor as yourself. It's a commandment. It's the same word that's used in Matthew chapter five to love your enemy and those who persecute you. It's the same word in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It's a, it's a love that has action that he gave. It's more than a feeling. And it says, for love comes from God, the very thing, agape, unconditional, without qualification, love comes from God. It's the way that God loves us is how we're called to love one another, unconditionally, without qualification. So we as Christ followers, when we think about giving, we look at this story of this magi, we're to give love away. And let, let's go full circle back to our problem that I introduced, is that the gospel, the message of God loving us through Christ has become negative, has become oppressive, has become controlling or prohibitive. It's because we as Christ followers have not loved well. And we can laugh about this woman on Facebook but man, it sells, tells a story and it's so indicative of where we've come. And this is an indictment on us as the vessel, but us as a larger church. Man, how do we love people around us? And if we, as Christians, as, as the world turns their eyes towards Christ during this, this time of Christmas, we consider love. And if we're gonna err as a church, we're gonna err on the side of love. If we're gonna make a mistake one way or another, we're gonna stand before the Lord and we wanna hear you love too much. I'm not saying that we won't teach the truth. I'm not saying that we don't believe the truth about scripture and all the hard things and that's part of loving someone is telling them the truth, right? But man, we as Christ followers are called to love. So as we look at Advent, as we wrap up this year, I wanna encourage you, to know that we are called to receive the love of Christ and to give it away. And that is a powerful truth of us. And so here's what the next few weeks are gonna look like as we close out the year, as we close out Advent, is this Friday, it's Christmas Eve. So on December 24th, Christmas Eve, we will have our Christmas Eve service not in here, 
We're going to have it at the Texas Baptist Children's Home that's at the corner of 79 and Mays. And so we'll send out information. You can go right now to our website and you can RSVP and let us know that you're coming. The chapel has limited seating, so it'd be great if you could let us know that you're coming. Just put your family, how many people are coming to your party, and let us know you're coming. So it'll be 5 o'clock there on Christmas Eve. I promise you it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be short, and it's going to be sweet. We're going to be done in 45 minutes. And it will be, uh, it'll be really special. So if, you, if you've got family in town, bring them. Don't worry about it. You don't have to dress up super fancy. Just come and bring your family and celebrate with us. And then on the 26th, uh, that Sunday, so Christmas is on Saturday, and then the 26th next Sunday, we will not be gathering for service. So we won't be gathering here that Sunday morning for service. We're going to do some work in here. We have a team that's coming in to, do, to work on our lights and sound system and stuff. And so instead, we're going to send out a devotional via our blog and website that we'll send to you, uh, something that you can do from home. But I want to encourage you, church, that there's just weeks left in the year. You have the opportunity to love those around you well. I don't know where that is for you. I don't know who is in your life, who the Lord has put in your heart to love, what family you're going to see. You have the opportunity to love and to put your love into action, to give it away as the Lord gave to us. If you would stand with me, let's pray. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.